Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. I got the title for this message from Rick Warren. I give credit to Rick Warren on the book, The Purpose Driven Life, that we studied as a church about maybe six or eight years ago. I have come to understand that for everything there's a time and a season. Uh, I, I often hesitate to refer to where I was last year around this time, emotionally, mentally, and physically. I was a wreck. I came back to the pulpit, afraid to come in the pulpit. I just want to testify, that was a season. To everything there is a season. The most sleep that I've gotten consecutively each night since then was five hours. With medication. The last two nights I've slept six hours. And I started yawning before medication. One or two nights, Valerie had to pick me up, and well, not literally pick me up. She told me she had to be out of town this week. She said, go to bed. Ain't nobody there but the dog and the birds, and they can't carry you. I'm coming into a new season. So are you. Yours may not be insomnia and panic and anxiety, but the devil meant for evil. God turned around and made it a whoop glory. One of the reasons I went through that season is I am now more than sympathetic. I am empathetic. I can't counsel everybody, and I can't be everybody's Messiah. I used to think so, and that's why I almost lost my mind. You know, I used to like for you to think that under this coat and this shirt is a T-shirt that says SP, Super Pastor. I was an A1 idiot to think that I could be everybody's Messiah. One day Jesus told me he died for the church and I didn't have to. And it really freed me up. He says, I got a purpose for you. Driving out of the parking lot one day last year, still wrestling with anxiety, panic, and depression. I faked it in front of you. And you can go ahead and say amen because you're faking stuff right now. How you doing? Pretty good. (laughs) I didn't say I lied. I just said I faked it. It's kind of like lying. Repented. I had communion today. The Holy Spirit said to me one day as I was pulling out this driveway, I didn't call you to be a manager. I called you to be a minister. You got gifted people in your church. They can join the team. Can I get an amen? You got administrators. You got you got people who are communicators. You got people who are executives in their company, management. You got people who got who have skills. Empower them. And you got other people that they may not be in that level, but they're willing to hand out a a, a welcome card. They're willing to make a phone call. They're willing to serve in the nursery. They're willing to, to sing in the choir. Can I get a witness here? They're, they're willing to go to the nursing home. They're willing to be a part of the men's ministry. If you just ask them. If you, release them. 
Like Moses. Moses was sitting under a tree judging the entire one and a half million Jews. And my psychiatrist told me this. I'm paying my psychiatrist to preach to me. Have you ever heard of that? I'm thinking, who is the preacher in this room? And she may be here this morning, and I'll apologize. I won't call her name, but keep preaching, my sister. What I'm saying is Moses was trying to judge one and a half million people. They'd line up for hours waiting for his wisdom. And his father-in-law, Jethro, showed up and said, Man, I'm paraphrasing it. You're going to kill yourself and drive them crazy. Break this up. Break up into leaders of 1,000, leaders of 500, leaders of 100, leaders of 10. And then do you take the most urgent cases. Can I get an amen? amen? There's a purpose for us and God didn't create us to live and to die. I don't want on my gravestone, rest in peace. I want something like this. He rattled our world. If Valerie puts that on my gravestone, she, then you all go come at night and, and steal the stone and put something else up there like she ain't here right now. But he rattled our world. Yeah. I, I'm going to get to speak over some of you. <laughs> okay. I don't want it to be said he lived and he died. I want it to be said he served like David. Even though David had his flaws, he served his purpose for his time. Jesus had 33 and a half years of season. The three, uh, last three and a half years was his ministry season. And when he was finished, he said, Into your hands I commend my spirit. Can I get an amen? And then while they thought he was dead, he went down to the heart of the earth, into paradise, took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and set everybody free. And he said, because I live, you shall live also. Before he ascended unto heaven, he said to his disciples in Matthew 28, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And to everyone that believes, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. I've got to catch a plane this evening for an appointment. And that verse says, lo, I'm with you always to the end of the earth. I used to be afraid of flying. And somebody, you know, people try to encourage you and they say the dumbest things. Well, and, and also they say the cutest things. Because one of the guys in the, is an usher might be sitting here. He told me this about my fear of flying when it was earlier. Uh, he said, you should take a box, a shoe box with dirt in it if you're afraid of flying. And that way, when you get on the plane, you have one foot on the ground and one foot in the air. That's brilliant, isn't it? And then, lo, I'm with you always. Somebody said, they took that verse and said, God never meant for you to fly because he said, Lo, I'm with you always. L-O-W. That ain't what he said. He said, L-O. Lo, meaning, behold. See, when I get off my notes, I, yeah. There are five reasons why we're here. There may be more. I'm going to put up on the screen for the type A personalities. My wife is type A. They want all the notes. Okay, and if I want her to know that, I'll have her buy the CD. Uh, we were planned for God's pleasure, which the Bible term for it is worship. Number two, I want you to have it this. I'm going to break it down. as a, We were formed for God's family, fellowship. 
We belong to one another in the body of Christ. I don't mean that we abuse one another, but fellowship means that we are better. One is better. Pardon me, two better than one. Okay? We, we were created to become like Jesus. Can I get an amen? And make disciples. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. We were number four. We were shaped to serve ministry. That's what we're about today and, and last week. And, and today we're about purpose. We were made for a mission, which is evangelism. I don't mean that you've got to get preaching credentials. I don't mean you've got to go to college to study to preach. I don't mean you've got to be in a choir or an elder. Everybody ought to tell somebody where they found the bread of life. Okay? Evangelism is your carpool. Evangelism is your break room. Evangelism is, your, uh, is, a, is a locker room with a friend if you're, if you're on an athletic team. Evangelism is your college roommate. Uh, evangelism is, is, is wherever you are at your, at your table. Evangelism. Everybody is an evangelist. Okay, so let me talk to you then about this purpose. Number one, we were created to worship God, which means we were planned for God's pleasure. I beseech you in Romans 12 and 1, I preached it last Sunday, so I won't hit it too much here. But Paul says to, to the Romans and to all of us who would read after. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Another translation said, which is your reasonable worship. God created us for his pleasure. He didn't create us to chastise us or to kill us or send us to hell. It's a choice we can make. He created Adam and Eve for his pleasure. And he said, look, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to name all the animals. I want you to enjoy the garden. There's no sin. There was not even any need for clothing because there would be no shame. God created us for his pleasure, not his toy thing to, to play with us and throw us away. Can I get an amen? And how do we give pleasure to God? In two ways. Worship. Is, giving, is my response to God's love for me. And worship is giving back to God. Can I get an amen? I respond to God for forgiving of me of all my sins. Come on and give me an amen. Then a preacher in America that's so holy he hadn't sinned after he started preaching. Okay? And I'm saying to you that I'm not advocating sin, but any preacher who tries to act like, come on up high to my level and be like me, then you'll be qualified he, he, he's a legend in his own mind. Any Christian that says, come up to my level. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues to be on the level where God wants you to be. I want you to have baptism in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. You don't have to be an elder in the church. You don't have to, you, you know, I want you to be a member in the church when you're ready. But if you're born again by the blood of the Lamb, you've got a response to the love of God. And your response is by going to the house of God and worshiping God. And when you call, you worship God. And in your bedroom, you worship God. Wherever you are, you said, because you shed your blood for my sins, because I'm no longer going to hell, but I'm going to heaven. I want to worship you. Come on. Give the Lord a hand. Clap somebody in this house. Worship is giving back to God. I'm not just talking about asking you to give your money. But that's part of your worship. I'm asking you to walk down these aisles today and check out every ministry and take a card and take an information card or put your name down and somebody will call you and find out how you can give back to God. 
Can I, you know, I think one of the tragic, most tragic questions, if it's asked in heaven, is going to be this question. Who did you bring with you? Y'all didn't hear me. Let me come on down there amongst you. Turn up some light right here. If this business of salvation was just me, myself, you, you got some light so this bald head can be seen right here? Bring it up in your house. Uh, if this was about getting to heaven, me, myself, and I, Jesus wouldn't have just died for just me, myself, and I. Okay? If this business about salvation is only fire insurance, you know, the fires of hell, now I'm insured nothing. If there wasn't really a heaven and a hell, why would Jesus die? He died to keep us out of hell. And part of our, part of our saying to him, I love you and I thank you for it, is us giving back our... I don't, God doesn't need your money, but it makes ministry. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the potatoes in the hills. God don't need your money. He's got streets of gold. The church needs you to help us out. That's why sometimes I say, God, send us a few pebbles off the streets of gold. Just a few rocks. Just a few rocks. So, you know, but he says, the money is there. My people need to respond to, to the love of God. And I, I'm not using this to exploit you. I'm just here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that when we love God, we don't tip God. Okay? All right? When we love God, we, 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 we give the tithes and the offerings. But we, all, we don't need just your money. We need your time and your talent. Many of you and several of you could just stroke a check. But we need somebody to go on a mission field. And find out what it's about. We need somebody to volunteer in recovery house. and Somebody to volunteer in Joseph's storehouse. Somebody to go to the school. I went with Officer Kirk and a bunch of we men went to the school over the Christmas season and walked in that school. He is the SRO officer, the student resource officer for the school. And by permission of the principal, we anointed every door frame. We walked into every room. We need some of your time and your talent. Join the team. Put something else on the screen for me. Here's what the Word of God says in Mark 12 and 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. What is my purpose? My purpose is to worship God and love God. He loves me back and love others and give my time, talent, and treasures proportionately unto God. Here's a second reason why God formed us. To ask and answer the question, what on earth are you here for? We are here for fellowship. We are formed for God's family. There are four levels of fellowship that God wants you to be involved with. And I may not have the scriptures on the screen, but I'll have them points and you, the scriptures references there. He formed you for membership, choosing to belong. Where do you get that, Pastor? And if you'll just hold it right there until I get to the other two. And uh, just as I go, you just bullet them for me. Uh, Ephesians 2.19 talks about choosing us to belong. Paul says, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners. Once you get saved, you're no longer strangers and foreigners to God. But fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You don't have to be a member of South Metro Ministries. If you choose not to be, and you choose to demonstrate that lack of anointing and wisdom, that's your choice. I'm just having a little fun with you. <laughs> Maybe just me, okay? But membership means the ecclesia. The ecclesia is from the Greek word 
It means the church, the body of Christ. It means, the ecclesia means the called out ones. You don't have to be a member of South Ministry, uh, South Metro Ministries, to be a member. You're already a member if you're born again because you've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, I, I feel a whoop glory, but I got a little more. You, you've been also, look at this. God put the letter B up there. You, you've been formed for fellowship with God, for friendship, learning to share. After the day of Pentecost, the church began. I mean, in the New Testament church. And in Acts 2.44, the Bible says, And all they that believed, meaning on Christ, were together and had all things in common. Friendship. Sometimes the people of the world treat their fellows and friends better than the people of the church. Yeah. I'm not advocating a teenage girl get pregnant out of marriage, but I'm advocating don't abandon her. We share in common. I'm not advocating people go into bankruptcy by making poor decisions, but don't abandon them. Can I get an amen? I'm not advocating that you divorce, but if it was... If, you divorce, if somebody's divorced or somebody's spouse made a different decision and they found their real soulmate, don't abandon the hurting one. We need some people to embrace and to love and to text a little bit and email a little bit and send some scriptures. Oh, I just feel like something good is about to happen. I'm saying to you, you've got, put the letter C up there. We, we were created for fellowship in the context of partnership. Doing my part. What does doing my part mean? Ephesians 4.16 reads like this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does his own special work, it helps the other, other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing, full of love. Look, look. I need this hand to help me do some stuff. I got up this morning... I had to use the toothbrush, the electric toothbrush. I need this hand to put the paste on it and the, on the brush and bring it to my food. You understand? I had to shave, and I got more face to wash than my, a lot of you. Whole face to wash. I needed the hand to get the foam in there and slap it on. I needed the feet. To get me to the car. So I, you don't you know I'm going. And a lot of you, you better say amen because after you leave here, you'll go to some restaurant or something. You need the hand to bring the fork to your mouth or else you'll be eating like this. That, that ain't, that's tacky. I need the eyes. So I can see who I'm shooting at while I preach. No, 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 just. But all of this, I need, I, you can't see my heart. But it's. I'm grateful, I need it. Some of the most comely parts, you can't see, but you can't live without it. And that's the way it is with the church. We're in partnership, everybody doing their part. We'll help you find your part. Or we'll ask you to depart. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I just, my wife tells me I've got to be more serious. And I'm just doing therapy with you. No, no, the letter D. Kinship. 
Loving believers like family. Now, you've got to check that because some of you hate family. Go ahead and nod your head. I got two or three I'm planning to avoid at the next reunion. Don't hate family. Some of you had a poor experience of a father or a mother. But don't associate everybody in the same category. The Baptists have done their damage to Christians. The Church of God have done their damage in the name of God. Come on. Look, some of you have come to this church because you were hurt from somebody else. Some have left this church because they were hurt by this church, either knowingly or unknowingly. And if I know about it and I can ask them for their forgiveness, I'll do my best. Okay? But here, here's the thing. Kinship means loving believers like family. You know what this church doesn't give a rip about? We don't care what the color of your skin is. We don't care what your income level is. We don't care what your education is. Because God, at the foot of the cross, everybody is equal. Put your hands together. Give the Lord a praise. I, I, I'm hurrying. At least I think I am. I, I want you to see the third purpose for why. What in the world on the earth am I here for? For discipleship. To become like Jesus. Ephesians 4.15 said, Instead we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more like who? More like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. To become like Jesus. Have you a mentor? Have you a superhero? My hero is my dad. My preaching mentor is T.D. Jakes. My coaching pastoral mentor is a man by the name of Dr. Raymond Culpepper. Okay, and I've got other mentors. I've got people I... I, I, I want, I got, I've got a lot of learning to do. But the greatest desire of my heart is to be like Jesus. The greatest desire, I, I'm praying that over my life. We used to sing a song. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. That's all I ask. Is to be like Him all through life's journey from earth to glory. That's all I asked to be like Him. Well, thank you. The CD is available right after the service. I'll have... Next point. Give me the next one. We are to become like Jesus by three unexpected tools. How does God shape us to be like Jesus, not like the way the world thinks? And this is the part I don't like, but it's the part that shapes me the most. I learn more from my mistakes and my tribulations than I do from my successes and my triumphs. Let, let, me, let me show you how you become like Jesus. Number one, God uses trouble to teach us to trust Him. Huh? Write it, write it down. God uses trouble to teach us to trust him. Mark 14 and 36. What are you saying, Pastor? I, I'm saying to you that Jesus himself suffered trouble. What do you mean? Jesus said on the cross, prior to the cross, on the night of his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying so passionately and so vigorously, his disciples fell asleep at the most critical hour where Jesus needed their friendship and their kinship. Because of the weariness of the flesh, Jesus came back to them on three separate occasions and said, Your spirit is willing to pray for me, but your flesh is weak. 
So he prayed for himself, and he prayed so passionately and so physically uh, grueling until his sweat became like great drops of blood. And in that prayer, before his arrest, he said in Mark 14.36, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me, meaning the cup of my suffering. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. God is not giving you troubles because he's got some kind of sadomasochistic temperament. I don't even know what that means, what I just said. I do know what it means. God's not toying with us and our emotions. But Andre Crouch wrote a song years ago that says, If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. And I wouldn't know what faith in God would do. If I never had panic and anxiety and suffering, I wouldn't know when somebody calls me up what they're really going through. If you've never been through a divorce, quit condemning those who have. Somebody say amen. If you've never lost a job, quit talking about their own fault. If you've never lost a child in death prematurely, if you've never been in an accident or lost a loved one, don't talk bad about somebody else. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap, somebody. Troubles teach us to trust Him. There's another way that we don't like to learn, but it's the best way. God uses temptation to teach us how to obey Him. God doesn't put temptation in us so we can have a license to sin. He's testing us. And when we overcome, we tell somebody else, didn't Jesus suffer temptation? Do you know your Bible? Man. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Let me tell you this, and I love every one of you. There's not another church anywhere I want to pastor, but I want to see you in heaven. I I want you to understand that Jesus was no exemption from temptation. Devil on three separate occasions in trying to prevent Jesus to going to the cross to die for our sins, tempted him with power. He said, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all the kingdom to the earth. Tempted him according to his flesh. By Jesus was 40 days without food and without water. He was fasting. And the devil said, you God, take those stones and make them bread. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And another time he took him up to a high pinnacle. In the temple, and he said, if you throw yourself down, meaning you want to kill Jesus before the cross, circumvent the cross. If you throw yourself down, it is written that God will send angels and give his charge over you. And every time Jesus was tempted, he quoted the word. And I'm trying to tell you, every time you are tempted, get you a scripture verse, get you a word. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Some of you, like me, know your prescription name better than you know where to find John 3.16. You don't let that prescription run out in them pill boxes and all. And I'm not against prescription. Take the medicine. My God, I've seen some of you off of it. Take the medicine. You know what my wife said to me? She said she's going to the psychiatrist me next time I go. <laughs> and I said to her yesterday, I called and canceled the psychiatrist, and I want you to go by yourself. You need some meds. 
I said, I'm having the time of my life, and you, <laughs> some of you know what, you know the name of your football team, you know every player, you know fantasy football, some of you still watching as the world churns. Some of them daytime soap trash. You can miss it for a decade and get right back on track. But you don't know the word. He sent his word and healed the people. Instead of texting the latest gossip, how about texting the scripture? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, we are buying the theater out this Wednesday night. For our young people and others to go see the movie, God is not dead. We're buying the theater out. Young people first, and then if we have extra tickets, you adults go, and we'll pay for you. But buy your own popcorn. Because it's all about, at the end of the movie, they ask everybody to text all over, God is not dead. God is not dead. Every time Jesus was tempted, he quoted the word. And that's what you need to say. Even if you got the pornography on the screen, say in the name of Jesus. Even though you got the cuss just coming out of your mouth, you can't cuss and praise God at the same time. There's another way that God will, will, will shape us. God uses trespasses to teach us to forgive. Did you, did, you, did you hear? Because to whom much has been forgiven, you'll forgive a lot. I, I, I am hurrying. But you know why some people run and dance and got a whoop glory in the church and, and some of you all sitting like stale bread? Oh, God. I, I, I don't rehearse that. Honestly, it ain't even in my notes. Some of we Pentecostals have been around it so long, we're thinking, yeah, I'm used to that. You know why some of them get up? Because they, God forgave them last night. God forgive them last year. God pulled them out of a hellhole of drugs and alcohol and abuse and all kinds of stuff. God took them out of a, a negative situation. God turned their darkness into light. He turned their sorrow into joy. He turned their ashes into beauty. He put on the garment of praise for the garment of heaviness. And they can't sit down. They can't stand. They got to jump. They got to dance. They got to clap their hands because to whom much has been forgiven... Much is thankful for. Somebody ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Yeah. Number four. Why on earth are we here? For ministry. Save people. Serve people. First Peter 4.10. It says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I won't re-preach that. I preached that last Sunday about our gifts. Last Sunday, the title of the message was, We Don't Deserve, So We Serve. We don't deserve this gift of salvation. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. We can't inherit it. We can't get lucky and get it. We receive it as a gift. The more generous 
God is to me, the more I'm learning that I'm to be a channel of that blessing and not just a reservoir. Because if God can get it to me, He can get it through me to somebody else. He will supply my needs as I obey Him. Time, talent, and treasure. Give, give me the last of the five thoughts. Come, to the, come praise team and come musicians. Evangelism. I've, I've told you. We're here for five purposes. Worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, evangelism. John 17 and 18 says this. Just as you sent me in the world, Jesus said. Just as you, God, sent me in the world. I am sending them into the world. I was fortunate to be at a wedding yesterday and conduct a ceremony and Don and Shane were there. And the harpist, the harpist at the wedding was also the vocalist. And she saw the communion plate that I had and the chalice. And it's silver. And it's beautifully ornately decorated with Grape vine and grapes. Very small, but beautiful. And immediately she picked up on what it meant. Because what I thought was just strokes and patterns were Hebrew words. It pronounces a blessing over the wine. And the harpist is Jewish. And she speaks Hebrew. And I asked her, Don and Shane, to translate it for me. And I wrote it down. But when I found out she was Jewish, something came upon my spirit that says, now you don't want to offend in the ceremony. So what are you going to do about the name of Jesus? She's a precious person, and you met her. Because she's Jewish, and she doesn't believe. She believes in the Old Covenant. But not Jesus, Messiah, name above all names. And what I did is what the Spirit led me to do. I didn't exploit the moment. I just shared from the word that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. And that He is the Savior of the world. And that whosoever will let Him come. Because no man cometh unto the Father but through Jesus. Not just the Jewish people need to know that, but the Buddhists. We don't, we don't need to shake our fingers in their face. Even the Jehovah's Witness, when they show up at your door, don't slam the door in their face. They hand you a track, you hand them one. And say, so when you finish talking about yours, let me tell you about mine. Now, if you ain't ready for that, treat them nice. If you're not ready to defend the faith, just say, God bless you. And... I am already part of the kingdom of God where Jesus Christ is Lord and I believe the whole word of God. And if you'll allow me, I, I'm, I'm not available at this time. So you, don't, you have to be kind. If you, if you don't know how to defend, all, don't say. <laughs> okay. Here's what evangelism is. 
Evangelism must, I must share with those in my world. Everybody got some, their own personal space. That's your world. Next, next point. Put it, put it up there. Real. I must share with those beyond my world. And I'm not going to take time to read up the scriptures, okay? Be, and, then, and thirdly, I must care about the whole world. I said I must care about the whole world. Everybody ought to know. Who, somebody came to Trinidad and preached the gospel. Would you stand? I'm closing with this thought. Stand all over the house. Somebody came to preach the gospel. And the people on the island began to get saved. This is maybe, I don't know, maybe a 50 years before my dad got saved. But my dad at age 17 heard a preacher on the side of the street preaching about Jesus. My dad was a Hindu. He was supposed to be here last Sunday, but he was sick, couldn't be here. I'd give you his testimony. At age 17, he was coming home from a movie, a cinema show, and he heard about this Jesus. He had worshipped the sun, the moon, the cow, brazen images, images of their God, the head of an elephant and the body of a man, images of a monkey, images of a cow. They'd pour milk over these images into a, into a cup and you'd drink it. And when he saw the priest, he had to bend down and, and even touch his feet or kiss his feet. And dad wanted to know more about Jesus. And the preacher said, if you come tomorrow, I'll tell you more. And he got saved that next day. It's been 67 years now. I'm saved because somebody cared about more than just their world. We're going to build Bible schools and send out missionaries and minister in Coweta County, Fayette County, Metro Atlanta, if you'll join the team. Somebody's going to shake your hand in heaven and you ain't going to have a clue who in the world that was. And he'll say, thank you for sending the missionary. Thank you for coming mending the widow's house. Thank you for going to the prison and jail. You got a gift. Last Sunday, I closed without giving an invitation. Rare that I do that. Rare. But I wanted you to get out and look what's there. Pastor Trey was calling our visitors this week. Each pastor takes a turn every week calling the visitors personally. First he thought to himself, well, you know, we must say make contact. He thought I'll just email them. And the Holy Spirit said, no, call, call. That person may be here this morning. And he spoke to her and she said, I was hoping Sunday that there would be an invitation for salvation, and there wasn't. And I thought, oh my goodness. And Pastor Trey said, I'll pray with you right now. She's, she's I think, in her early 40s, and you can get saved right now. He prayed with her on the phone right then. And after he prayed, she said, she said I feel the burden is already lifted. So, I learned my lesson. I'm not closing without an invitation. Bow your heads. Join God's team. Not Allen's, not South Metro, not the Church of God, not the Baptist. Join God's team first and express his thanks for his love. You said, Pastor Matura, I'm not on the team, God's team. And I found out in my own team, I messed it up. I need salvation. I need to my, rededicate my life to God. If that's you, raise your hand. You're not coming to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. But you say, I need to join God's team. Thank you. Everyone, look up, open your eyes, lift your hands to heaven. Repeat this prayer after me. Our Heavenly Father, my words are not adequate to express 
my love to you. Help me to grow in love. Keep me from being about me, myself, and I. Help me to be more about you and others. Whatever gifts, whatever talents, whatever treasure, whatever time I have left, I'm on your team. Thank you for choosing me. I would not have chosen me, but you chose me. And I'm grateful for salvation. Forgive me of any sin today. Amen. Put your hands together and give him praise. Sing, my brother. I want the prayer team to come forward if you need prayer while they sing. I'll dismiss you in a moment. Sing with them, everybody. Sing with them. Raise your hand with me. Come on. I'll let you go in just about two minutes. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.